freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, one and all. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. My website is whatonearthishappening.com. I'm your host, Mark Passio. We're simulcasting tonight on the Intel Hub News Network. Today is Tuesday, November 23rd, 2010. We are going to continue our discussion on time as a methodology of mind control, particularly in the time-bound consciousness aspect of time. And we're also going to look at time as a spiritual currency, which is kind of a abstract and somewhat odd idea to some people, but indeed that is what it is in its positive element. So we'll continue to do that probably throughout the first hour of the show, and then we're going to get into yet another methodology of mind control, the self-policing of the human species. We'll look at the ways that we police each other. I call this the denial-hassle-ridicule factor, the DHR factor. These three self-policing methods go hand-in-hand with each other, so we'll be talking about that probably in the second hour of the show. I want to thank all of the attendees and the organizers of the End the Fed rally in Philadelphia that took place this past weekend. That happened uh, this past Saturday, November 20th, and it went great. I want to thank Mike Salvi. I'd like to also thank Rob Pepe and Jordan Page. In particular, they made it a great success, but... We had a good turnout. We had a lot of enthusiastic support. Uh, The musical element to this rally was very different, and I think it added a great um, motivational factor to the event, and I think it brought in a lot of attention. People were uh, looking up to see what was going on because we had uh, some live music. We actually had a float going down Market Street in Philadelphia, And um, 
we, I think, brought a lot of information to a lot of people. Of course, some people still resistant to even taking information and looking at it with an open mind. But uh, we did get a lot of information into a lot of folks' hands. So overall, I think it was a great success. So that was the end of Fed Rally this past weekend. Coming up in Philadelphia this coming weekend, I will be giving a special lecture on natural law, sovereignty, and survival. This will be happening at a meetup called Survive and Thrive. This is hosted by Fernando Salguero, who hosts the Survive and Thrive Philadelphia group. Uh, this is a meetup.com meetup. If you go to meetup.com and you type in Survive and Thrive Philadelphia, you'll find this great group. They meet once a month on the last Sunday of each month at Liberty's Pub. So uh, this will be taking place November 28th. That's a Sunday. At 6 o'clock p.m., I'm sorry, uh, it's actually, the time has actually been changed. It is now at 5.30 p.m. They're going to start it a half an hour earlier because of all the great information that's going to be given out at this uh, meetup. So 5.30 p.m., Sunday, November 28th, at Liberty's Pub, 705 North 2nd Street. That's basically the corner of 2nd and Fairmount in Philadelphia. So... I will be speaking at that, and my my topic is natural law, survival, natural law, sovereignty, and survival. The second and last event announcement I have is the one I've been making for many months and will continue until the time that the conference is held, the Free Your Mind Conference on Consciousness, Mind Control, and the Occult to take place April 9th and 10th in Philadelphia featuring multiple speakers and diverse educational materials for the purpose of raising public awareness of the critically important topics of mass mind control techniques, the covert and subversive influences upon consciousness and behavior, trauma-based and ritualized abuse, and the practical mental and emotional healing methodologies available for those affected by these devices. Saturday, April 9th, and Sunday, April 10th, 2011, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. both days. Doors open at 9 a.m. both days. The location is Ruba Hall in Philadelphia at 414 Green Street, 414 Green Street. Admission price only $20 per day. Confirmed speakers Aaron McCollum, Alfred Weber, Andrew Basiago, Bob Tuscan, Farrier Dozu, John Irvin, John Nicholson, Larkin Rose, Laura Magdalene Eisenhower, Mark Matika, Mark Passio, Mel Fabregas, Michael Kelly, and Suzanne Taylor. Once again, that's the Free Your Mind Conference, a conference on consciousness, mind control, and the occult. For more information, please visit, visit the website www.freeyourmindconference.com. I'd like to now give the call-in numbers for this show, the call-in numbers. We're broadcasting on two different networks this evening, Talk Shoe and Blog Talk. So if you'd like to call in, there's two call-in numbers. The first for the Talk Shoe Network, 724-444-7444. Once again, the call-in number, 724 
844-744-7444. The call ID number that you will be prompted for is 83515. If you'd like to call into the Blog Talk Network, the call-in number there is 646-727-3387. Once again, the Blog Talk call-in number, 646 727 3387. So, last week, we were analyzing methodology of manipulation of the mind number 10 in our ongoing exploration of the techniques of mind control. We agreed that we would outline 14 total methodologies, and coming up tonight, we're going to continue to look at number 10, and then go into number 11. And I will probably be taking a break from these techniques for a week, and I'll be having a guest on the show next week. Uh, I'll post more information about that on my website, so you can check that out at whatonearthishappening.com and get information on the radio page about the guest that will be coming up next week. However, um, Probably after next week, in a couple of weeks, we'll be looking. We'll be beginning to take a look at what I call the three big guns of mind control, the three favorite methodologies, and this will take us into probably as many weeks of exploration as we have already done on mind control to get through these three techniques. Because I'm really really going to open up and expand on these topics even more extensively than I have done in my presentation. And in doing so, as I told people last week, this will act as a subtle form of initiation into different occult philosophies. And again, people shouldn't like be concerned about that or worried and thinking this is something that is bad or negative. Occult, as we have said many times on this show, simply means hidden knowledge, and it is ultimately hidden knowledge about ourselves and our psychological makeup and motivations. If you keep that knowledge hidden from people, if you are so inclined, you can wield that knowledge and information as a weapon against people, and that is, in fact, what is being done. The only solution to this is enough education about this hidden knowledge, bringing it forward into the light of day so that it is no longer hidden. And when people become acutely aware of this information, they can basically no longer be manipulated by it because they have brought it to the conscious level of awareness. And that's what this show is all about, awareness and coming to a higher level of it. So starting two weeks from now, we will be exploring deeply the occult and we will be starting that process or initiating it by looking at what religion really is over the next few weeks we'll be looking at religion as astrotheology we'll be breaking down different religious traditions in both the exoteric or astrotheological form and then we will look at the esoteric underlying meanings that are revealed only to 
initiates of mystery traditions, which are what religions are, I guess you could say, fallen versions of. After that, we will be looking at symbology. And again, this will cross over a lot because symbology plays into religion so much that it will be pretty much impossible to talk about it without looking at some of the uh, the uh, symbolic language that is encoded into religion. Finally, we'll be looking at what I call chaos sorcery, which is essentially the Hegelian dialectic enacted upon a mass scale, on a grand stage. This is the biggest ritual that the occult ever trots out into public and actually basically wields a human sacrifice ritual or some other form of mass ritual magic right out in the open for all to see. And this is done to instill fear into the psyche of the human population so that they will give their rights away willingly to the hidden covert manipulators that plan these events all along. So we'll look at that as well, and then we'll transition from the stage of this show that looks at the dark into the part that puts forward the light. And we'll be getting into deep solution-based thinking. This will be many weeks from now, but I'm just giving a general broad outline of what we have in store you know, as the weeks progress on, on what on earth is happening. So, tonight I want to briefly recap some of the things that we talked about last week when it comes to time. The illusion of time. Time, as we explored last week, does not actually exist. The only thing that does exist is the present moment. And the solution to the psychological manipulation when it comes to time is to become aware of that. That there is only the present moment, there is only the now in which we operate. The past is gone, there is no point in dwelling in the past, bringing attention to the past and um, educating ourselves as far as history is concerned is absolutely critical and essential in the understanding of what's taking place in our world. What I'm talking about is living in the past. That's what's dangerous. That is a a method of mind control that many people get stuck in. They cannot let go of events and circumstances that happened in the past. They cling on to these things and kind of hold them close to their chest as something that defines them as a person, people who are trapped in this past awareness, this past modality of consciousness. They can't get over things that occurred to them. They can't move on uh, in relationships that happened in the past. They they, They bring those into the present moment. And in doing so, they taint the present moment. They take away the power of the present moment. People do the same thing when projecting their consciousness into the future. That's a powerful tool that human beings have. We can look at trends that have already taken place, and based uh, based upon those trends, we can extrapolate what the future may bring. But to get trapped in future awareness, 
future consciousness, I guess you could say, or lack thereof, as the case may be, can be very dangerous. Because then we're living in anxiety over the future rather than actually living in the present moment. So the present moment and present moment awareness is really the solution to this time-bound form of consciousness. And that's what we essentially talked about last week on the show. We also started talking about timekeeping methods and how these are all based in physical modalities of, of consciousness. They're, they're based on the consciousness being trapped in not only time-bound awareness, but material, material modes of thinking. And this is done by basing all of the cycles of time that we use or the units of time that we use in a physical expression of uh, basing them upon units that are broken down based upon the physical movements of objects in the solar system, essentially heavenly bodies. That's what we essentially use for time keeping. And this roots our consciousness in material only thinking, materiality. We look at time as based in money. Time is money. That's an expression that is often used. We say we don't have enough time. That's basing time as a quantity rather than a quality. Okay? There is such a thing as time as currency, however, and that's what we're going to talk a little bit about tonight. When people say time is money, they're talking about the fake form of money. We talked about this when we talked about money a few weeks back on this show. And essentially, what we want to look at is t tonight is time as real money, as real currency, the currency of spirit. There is such a thing, and we want to look at what time how time acts in this capacity. Before we do that, there is, uh, I'll briefly recap some of the cycles that we talked about time being, time keeping being based on in uh, the modern world. We saw that time is connected to astrotheology, and this is kind of a prelude to talking about religion as astrotheology. This is because the astrotheological cults of the ancient world are basically broken up into three main groupings. These three groupings are the cult of the sun, the cult of the moon, and the cult of the stars and the planets. So you have the cult of the greater lights and the cult of the lesser lights. I hear the uh, break music playing, so we're going to get into this recap in just a moment. Stay tuned, and we'll be back in a couple minutes after these words. that you could have done something while you still had the chance? What will you do if your income ends tomorrow? Or if you lose your home as many already have? 
Do you have enough money to survive through an economic depression? If you don't want to gamble with your future, then FreeToProsper.com can help you quickly end your debt problems, protect your property and possessions, and develop a personal strategy to get you through the hard times. Most importantly, you get to keep your money and not pay another cent to creditors. Our program is often superior to bankruptcy, consolidation, or settlement. Visit FreeToProsper.com to find out more. This is your real chance to act ahead, so don't delay. Your future may depend on it. Call 718-615-0123 to learn more. That's 718-615-0123. Or visit FreeToProsper.com today. In a world where corrupt oppressors and all oligarchs have seized control of the populations, total tyranny is amongst us. The burden of humanity rests on our shoulders. The only way out is to expose the global crime syndicate known as the New World Order. Together, we are all one. Together, we are Intel soldiers. The battle for free humanity ensues. Join us in the fight. The Intel Hub.com. Secure your future. Get your non-hybrid seed pack now. With the looming economic crisis, food shortages, and other toxic disasters, now is the time to be ready. Just click on the Heirloom Organics banner at the top of our Blog Talk radio page today. Secure your future and the future of your family in hard times. Heirloom Organic Seeds. Hi, this is Bob Tuscan. Tune into my show, Truth Be Told Radio, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. You are listening to the Intel Hub News Network, crushing the New World Order piece by piece. Welcome back to What on Earth is Happening with Mark Passio. All right, we're back. Before the break, I was talking about the different um, gradations of time that are given to the different astrotheological cults, or in other words, the different bodies in the heavens. Okay? We looked at this a little bit last week. I'll briefly recap it before we go into the different aspect of time I want to talk about tonight. We saw that the smallest practical unit of time that we basically use is the second that was given to the, the, the planetary cult. And it was basically for the planet Mercury because on a clock, the second hand goes around the fastest out of any other hand. And this is the smallest unit. Mercury is the closest to the sun. It goes around faster in its orbit, around in its revolution around the sun than any other planet. This is the second object in the solar system, Mercury. I put in a visual aid for this 
up on my website. Uh, every week the show is podcasted, and you can click on the podcast tab and get related images for any given show. So this was show number 34 last week. This week is show 35. You could check out the uh, images that are related with that show up on the site. The the the, the next great uh, astrotheological cult of the ancient world is given to one of the gods of the heavens is the moon cult. So the minute hand, which is the next gradation of time upward, is given to the moon. Min is a Phoenician word that means moon. That's what the the, the moon was called in that uh, in that uh, culture. So uh, the minute is associated with the moon. Above that, we have the word hour, and that's the next gradation of time as we you know progress upward in in the the, the unit of length. So that's given to the sun cult, and it is named after Horus. As a matter of fact, you can just by looking at the word hours, you can see that all of the letters of the, the word hours is in the word Horus, because these are indeed gradations of time that are allotted to the sun, or Horus, as he was known in the ancient Egyptian cosmology. When we progress up in units of time, we can see that the day is given to the planets, again, because it is based one day is a one rotation of the earth, okay? And each day, as, as, as a matter of fact, of the week is given to the planets. So the day and week are, is actually assigned to the planetary cult once again. So this cycle repeats as we go up in units of time, as we you know, move on to greater units of time. We saw that Monday is the moon's day. Tuesday, in, in French language, is Mardi, and that is Mars's day. Um, in the Norse tradition, uh, the, the god that represented war was also that is akin to Mars in the Roman tradition. His name was Tu, T-I-W. So this is Tu's day. Wednesday, in the French language, is Mercredi, and that is Mercury's day. Mercury is associated with the Greek uh, Hermes and the Egyptian Thoth. Okay? This is the creator god. In the Norse tradition, the creator god, uh, one of them was Odin, and this is also assigned to Odin, Wednesday. So we moved to Thursday. We saw that in the French, that's Jeudi. That is, in the Norse tradition, Thor's day. Okay? That is given to the planet Jupiter, who was associated with the god Thor in the Norse tradition. And Jupiter was his name in the Roman tradition. Friday is Venus's day. It is named after uh, the goddess Venus. In the French, we see it is Vendredi. Uh, in the Norse tradition, which is where the name for Friday comes from, this goddess was referred to as Freya. Freya or Freya. Okay? Saturday and Sunday are very obvious. The names are right in the words Saturday, Saturn's day, and Sunday, the sun's day. Okay, so we move on to the next gradation of time past the day and week. We get to the month. Of course, we talked about this as the moon because it is given to the moons. It is given to the moon, the, the, the period of the month. It is based upon the periodicity of the moon, the, um, uh, the, uh, uh, the lunation, as it is known. So... We go then to the year, and of course that is based on the Earth's movement around the sun, and that's one of the largest uh, numbers, units of time that we work with on a practical level. Of course, we have the decade, the century, the millennium, 
And then there's something bigger than that. There is something called the great year. I want to touch on this a little bit before we move on to talking about time as a spiritual currency. The great year, or the platonic year, it was named after Plato, who kind of came up, uh, or not really came up with it. This has been around a lot longer than, than when Plato lived, but they, it is named after him because he basically, I guess, brought it out uh, to the public and popularized it and wrote about it. So um, it's called the platonic year, or the great year, simply. This is known scientifically as the precession of the equinoxes. And I'll post a probably a slide or two about this in, uh, in the podcast for this show. The precession is due to the Earth's tilt upon its axis with relation to its orbit around the sun. Okay, it is tilted at a 23.5 degree axis with respect to its orbital path around the sun. Now, that's not what causes the precession. Okay? You have to understand that in order to understand the precession. And what causes it is entirely different, maybe an entirely different thing altogether, which I don't know if we'll get into tonight, because it's, very, it's debated what causes the precession of the equinoxes. I want to help people to understand from an astronomical point of view simply what this is basically referring to. Over a very great amount of time, the pole of the Earth begins to point toward a different location in the heavens, and it slowly makes a wobble. Okay, Now, I am not claiming that the Earth's axis is actually tracing a circle. I'm simply saying that there is a frame of reference at work that visually makes us see that the axis of the Earth slowly drifts, okay, in a, in a counterclockwise circle, and the pole star slowly changes, okay? What, what stars the, the northern pole of the Earth points at slowly changes through this vast amount of time. The amount of time is approximately 25,000 years that it takes the Earth's axis, and let's just, let's just basically say the, the northern axis of rotation that we observe that the Earth is basically making this rotational spin around, okay? For it to make one complete circle to go back to the same star or general vicinity of stars that it began at, takes approximately 25,000 years. Different people give different numbers for that, but as a general average, approximately 25,000 years for this great cycle, this one great procession of the equinoxes or great year to take place. The reason it is called a procession of the equinoxes is because the constellation that the equinox sun, the spring equinox sun, rises in slowly changes about one time. It changes constellations approximately every 2,100 years, a little bit over 2,100 years, okay? And that is what this measurement generally uh, is referring to. It refers to every 
2,100 years or so, the spring equinox moves backwards through the zodiacal houses. So it is not a procession through them. It is a precession. It moves counterclockwise through the zodiacal houses as the Earth's rotation moves counterclockwise um, around the pole star. Okay? So the reference frame does not necessarily need to be the actual wobble of the Earth, the planet Earth itself. I do not particularly... Oh, welcome back to What on Earth is Happening with Mark Passio. Mark, it looks like TalkShoe uh, doesn't want to take the same information we logged into it before we dropped. I don't know how much we dropped off of uh, Blog Talk Radio, but we're back from our break on, on our Blog Talk feed. Um, and uh, uh, if you have anything uh, I can do to hook us up back to your other feed, let me know off the air here and type it to me. Um, if not, uh, we'll just hopefully continue with our with our feed with Block Talk Radio. No problem, Bob. It looks like the call was ended on TalkShoe since the call dropped out there on Skype. I could try to make a new call in uh, TalkShoe and uh, start that up while I'm talking. So I'll try to do that, um, and we could pick it up during the next break or whatever. So. Um, I apologize for the continued tech problems, um, but let's take a look at um, where we where, where we had left off. So I was talking about the diff, uh, I was talking about the procession of the equinoxes and how this is related to what's known as the Great Year. In um, it's it's called the Great Year or the Platonic Year in astronomy, and this is what the ages are based upon. The, the term called ages represents the time period when the sun on the equinox, the spring equinox, rises in a particular constellation of the zodiac. So there are 12 zodiacal constellations. Um, they are Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo, Virgo, Libra, Scorpio, Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces. The ages, as they are related to the precession of the equinoxes, okay, are actually actually form these constellations form a great timekeeping system, which is we refer to as the Great Year or the Platonic Year, and that cycle of the sun as it rises in the equinox, in the spring equinox, in each of these houses, okay, for it to precess through all 12 zodiacal houses, and it does this, again, counterclockwise or backwards, okay, in the order I just mentioned them, backwards from the order that I just mentioned them, this cycle or great year takes approximately 25,000 years. So, if the sun is rising in, let's say, the house of Virgo, what this means, okay, is that if you look at the rising of the sun on the horizon, 
at dawn, okay, behind the sun, visually, the constellation that is there is said to be the house that the sun is currently ruling in during that age. So right now we're in, the sun is ruling in the house of Pisces for approximately 2,100 years. If you go out and look at where the sun rises on the equinox, it would be coming up in the house of Pisces. So slowly over a a 2,100-year period, the visual, uh, the, the, the zodiacal house that visually appears behind the rising sun at the spring equinox changes very slowly over time, and it precesses backwards through the zodiacal houses in a clock, counterclockwise fashion. So, as I said, right now, the sun is in Pisces. Within another couple hundred years, if we looked at the rising of the sun on the spring equinox, we would see it coming up in the house of Aquarius. In another 2,100 years after that, we would see it rising in the house of Capricorn on the equinox. So the equinox is not fixed. It continues to precess over large periods of time, approximately 2,100-year cycles for each zodiacal house. You put that all together times 12, you get approximately a 25,000-year cycle. That is known as the precession of the equinoxes. This becomes important when we start to look at different timekeeping traditions that base some of their ages in these large units of time or great years. The Maya is one of them. Uh, Much is made of the Mayan calendar, especially in the world today when we have these prophecies and predictions that are made for the year 2012, that period of time around 2012, which is said to be a transformative time that we are moving toward. Some would say that we are already in. And if you look at the way the Maya kept their system of time, um, they have these what are called... um, uh, the, the cycles of the long count. Okay, so these are uh, Bakhtuns, and they form approximately a 5,000-year cycle, and then they repeat. So it's a 5,125-year cycle. They considered that there were five of them in one of their great years, or, you know, great periods of time that represented a complete transformation of some kind in their system of timekeeping because, again, their time was not really based on physical movements of objects, but as I started to allude to last week, is essentially about the movement of consciousness, the evolution of consciousness through what we refer to as time. And that's essentially what some of their sacred calendars or timing, not simply physical movements of planetary bodies, but they are actually referring to how consciousness itself is changing over time. And if we look at their great year, their long count, in other words, it's a 5,125-year cycle, and they consider that this moves through ages of the elements, a fire cycle, 
an air cycle, a water cycle, an earth cycle, and of course, an ether or spiritual cycle. You put these five together, and again, you have one great procession of the equinoxes or one great year or platonic year. This kind of completes the analysis of timekeeping methods related and given to different planetary bodies or astronomical bodies. And again, we see how they progress upward as the length of the the timekeeping unit gets larger from the planet, planetary houses, to the moon, to the sun, and then that cycle repeats once again. Planets, moon, sun. Okay? Aside from that explanation of the procession, and you can look at that, I'll probably post a movie that's related to that because that will make it a little bit clearer to help understand that. There's a really great documentary called The Great Year that kind of explores this movement and it also looks at what this um, what the actual cause for this may be beyond a wobble of the Earth on its own axis of rotation. Uh, I tend to not concur with that um, theory and I do think there is another reference frame of motion at work and this movie The Great Year kind of explores that a little bit and um, I may if I can find a copy of it floating out there on the net post that to my podcast section for this week so it looks like we are probably only going to be able to take calls on blog talk for those who are listening on that network the call in number is 646 727-3387. Sorry, I can't get the talk shoe up and running right now. Um, but uh, if you want to call into the show, call in on Blog Talk. And that number is, once again, 646-727-3387. I want to shift gears a little bit now on time and talk about time as a currency, a spiritual currency. Again, we talk about I don't have the time, uh, time is money, but let's talk about how we spend our time, okay? We talked about the fake form of money when we talked about money on the show as also being an illusion, um, being named after the one eye, moan eye. Money symbolically being presented as something that is representative of balance and nature and love energy, and it is none of those things. This is all sold to us as a proxy for the real form of money, the true spiritual vision, the one eye. Okay? And basically, what um, we want to look at tonight is time as a form of true money, not fake money, not associated with the fake money, but again, this is an abstract idea. Time as something that we pay or spend. I've said before that there are two basic forms of spiritual currency, one being time and the other being attention. And we say the expressions that we use are that we spend our time doing what we are doing and we pay attention to different things. And depending on how we use that currency, 
we will receive different results for the spending or paying of it. So if we pay attention to certain things, we will get certain things as a result. If we spend our time doing certain things, we will get certain things in our lives as a result. They will become manifested. So how we focus our attention will get us one thing, and how we spend our time will get us a specific a manifestation in our experience of reality. This makes time one of the most important aspects of our lives. What do we spend our time doing? Do we spend it on frivolous pursuits? Do we, do we spend it on totally self-absorbed activities, self-absorption? Do we, do we spend it trying to run away from ourselves? Do we spend it pursuing pure fake monetary pursuits, trying to amass material possessions? Do we spend it trying to gain influence over others? Do we spend it trying to accumulate power? Or do we spend it trying to edify ourselves, trying to truly educate ourselves about what is going on both within us and around us? We will get two very different results depending on how we spend our time. It is a spiritual curse. Did you ever wish that you could have done something while you still had the chance? What will you do if your income ends tomorrow? Or if you lose your home as many already have? Do you have enough money to survive through an economic depression? If you don't want to gamble with your future, then FreeToProsper.com can help you quickly end your debt problems, protect your property and possessions, and develop a personal strategy to get you through the hard times. Most importantly, you get to keep your money and not pay another cent to creditors. Our program is often superior to bankruptcy, consolidation, or settlement. Visit freetoprosper.com to find out more. This is your real chance to act ahead, so don't delay. Your future may depend on it. Call 718-615-0123 to learn more. That's 718-615-0123. Or visit freetoprosper.com today. In a world where corrupt oppressors and all oligarchs have seized control of the population, total tyranny is amongst us. The burden of humanity rests on our shoulders. The only way out is to expose the global crime syndicate known as the New World Order. Together, we are all one. Together, we are Intel soldiers. The battle for free humanity ensues. Join us in the fight. TheIntelHub.com Secure your future. Get your non-hybrid seed pack now. With the looming economic crisis, food shortages, and other toxic disasters, now is the time to be ready. Just click on the Heirloom Organics banner at the top of our Blog Talk radio page today. 
Secure your future and the future of your family in hard times. Heirloom Organic Seeds. Hi, this is Bob Tuscan. Tune into my show, Truth Be Told Radio, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. You are listening to the Intel Hub News Network. Crushing the New World Order, piece by piece. All right, we're back on what on earth is happening. We were talking about time as a spiritual currency. Based upon what we spend our time doing, we will get a very different result in our life. We spend it doing certain things, certain things will manifest. We spend it trying to just focus on materialism, not really educating ourselves as regards to our psyche, as regards to the uh, aspects of consciousness and self, we will get certain things in our lives that will basically be pretty uncomfortable. If we do spend it edifying ourselves, educating ourselves about what's really important in life, we do spending it understanding true moral values, we do spend it in pursuit of truth, then very different things will manifest in our lives and we would see that our lives would flow more effortlessly and suffering would dissipate, particularly self-imposed suffering, which is what we're drowning in right now in our world. And it's because of the way people spend their time. That's one of the biggest things that really is going on regarding why we're getting what we're getting. Look at what people watch and pay attention to and listen to and types of conversations that they have with each other that are often completely vapid, you know, that that aren't about anything of any true importance or significance. And people can say, oh, well, who are you to determine that? I'm not anybody to determine that, but there are certain things that are true and real and actually going on that we need to be paying attention to around us. And we need to shift our attention to understand, to, to come to a level of discernment about what is important and what we should be spending our time pursuing or doing in the world. We don't do that, as I said, we're going to continue to suffer and we're going to be getting results that we really do not want in our lives. So, that's pretty much what I have to say on the whole aspect of time. If anybody wants to chime in on that, I'm still taking calls on Blog Talk. The number is 646-727-3387. 646-727-3387. What I want to do now is start to talk about the 11th methodology of mind control. And I'll try to write out the remainder of the show on this topic and take some calls with it if people uh, feel inclined to call in. So the 11th method of mind control, as 
I have put forward in my presentation and uh, will do so on this radio show is something that I've termed, I've grouped three methods of that we have of self-policing. The human beings basically ignore reality and police each other. Okay? Ways that we act as sheepdogs to the sheep population. We're basically doing this on our own as a result of conditioning and programming. We don't even need people to, you know, pressure us into this or force us into this. These are ways that we are imprisoning ourselves of our own volition, giving up our own free will and saying, we don't even need a master to be whipping us or beating us or locking us up in cages or trying to kill us. We'll do that for the master. Okay, all the different ways that we just basically enslave ourselves and we try to keep the truth suppressed. We try to keep each other's spirits suppressed. In other words, it's the idea that well, I'm in a cage, I'm in a prison, I'm in a mental prison, and a physical one at that, and definitely a spiritual one, whether that's recognized at a conscious level or not. It's of our own design, it's of our own building. Yes, we can talk about the manipulators that formulate all of these methods of mind control, but again, as I've said, they're running a program too, and essentially they really don't have any power when it comes to this. They may be smart and have the will to enact their manipulation techniques and continue to do so, but ultimately it's we who do this to ourselves by giving up our free will over to them and falling in you know, to this low level of spiritual awareness such that these methods can have any effect over us. It's us doing it to ourselves. I put a slide in my presentation if you want to know who the real sorcerer of the world, the top-level sorcerer at the top of the pyramid, you know, the whole pyramid of manipulation as we've talked about. If you want to know who that uh, top-level sorcerer is that controls the whole, whole game, look in a mirror. That's who it is. And most people spend their entire lives running away from that fact, refusing to acknowledge it. Don't get me wrong, that doesn't mean simply by changing yourself you're going to be physically free in this world. The problem is that other people are here with you, and they are also, they are giving up their free will and acting as that, that sorcerer or manipulator, okay? So the object is to, is to change yourself and then help other people to make that same change that you've made. Once you're on the other side of the fence mentally, the goal is to help other people make that journey, make that climb over that fence or that wall, okay? So let's look at some of the negative aspects when it comes to what people do to themselves to keep themselves in a prison of the mind. I call this the DHR factor after the three aspects that are identified as being the main police self-policing techniques. So this is methodology of manipulation, number 11, the denial, hassle, ridicule factor. So let's start with the first one. And boy, is there a whole lot of this in the world. 
and it's, it continues to be one of the strongest factors toward the suppression of the truth and the suppression of what is really taking place on this planet, and that is denial, psychological denial. What denial is is basically a psychological illness. When an organism that has the ability to think comes under such great stress and attack and suffering that it becomes too mentally, emotionally, psychologically painful for them to acknowledge the condition that they are in, they go into a psychological condition known as denial. Some people refer to this when it gets really, really bad as cognitive dissonance, cognitive dissonance, meaning that the ability to actually cognize one's surroundings and circumstances becomes in such disarray that the person is basically lying to themselves about the condition that they are in. And this is done as a defense mechanism. Denial in general, and cognitive dissonance in particular, is a defense mechanism of the human psyche. But it's also one that if it is held for too long, if we stay in it for too long, we are ultimately going to cause destruction by refusing to acknowledge the causal factors of the problem to begin with. Denial is something that addicts are often referred to as being in. They don't want to admit that they have a problem. They don't want to admit that they're doing something that is self-destructive. Not just self-destructive with a lowercase s, as we've talked about the distinction between the lowercase s self and the capital S self or higher self. They're in, they're in denial that is self-destructive with a capital S as well. So... What we want to look at is why people enter this state. Why do people go into states of denial about problems that are clearly present, present to a child, let alone an adult human being that's supposed to have developed emotionally and mentally? The reason that people go into this state is simple. Fear. Over time, they have chosen fear as the main modality that they wish their consciousness to dwell in. And they have done that because they feel that it is easier simply for them to deny and ignore reality rather than, than for them to confront what is actually taking place. The confrontation of a problem implies that you have assumed personal responsibility. You've assumed that responsibility because you have acknowledged that the problem exists, and, and in the acknowledgement of that problem, you're saying, I recognize this situation is present. Well, if you've recognized that the situation is present, and you also have basically made a statement about what you desire. So let's say you recognize that there is a health problem present. Well, probably everyone in the world has made the statement that they want to be healthy. I mean, who says they want to be sick? Who says they want to be ill? Who says they want 
to have their body riddled with problems due to an addiction? Who says they want to be enslaved? Everybody, if asked, will consciously say, I want to be healthy, I want to be happy, and I want to be free. Well, there are requirements that go along with those things. And if we are doing the opposite of those things, we are taking steps that create, that are the causal factors for creating the opposite of those conditions. So if we're taking steps that are the cause of disease, are the cause of illness, are the cause of enslavement, the only thing that we really can do to reverse those conditions are to assume personal responsibility by first acknowledging the problem is present, acknowledging the causal factors of those problems, and then taking responsibility into one's hands by saying, I am ultimately responsible, and we, in a wider sense, humanity is ultimately responsible for these problems, and then taking the measures to reverse them. And that means not adding the same polarity that created them. Again, Einstein said no no problem can ever be solved by the same level of consciousness that created it. Well, if fear created the problem, fear can never undo it. That means that you can never undo any problem that exists through denial. Denial is based in ignorance, which is based in fear, not wanting to look at the truth. The outward refusal, the willing refusal of the truth. And that will become self-destructive every time. The solution is in consciousness that is expansive, which, again, we have called love. What that does is bring the desire to seek truth, and that's what dissipates denial or the willing refusal to look at truth. And seeking truth leads to knowledge. And as we saw, a diagnosis means through knowledge. Dia in Greek means through or by way of. And gnosis in Greek, G-N-O-S-O-S in English, it's spelled. Okay, Gnosis is a Greek word meaning knowledge. So we make a diagnosis of the problem through knowledge. Knowledge is based in truth, which is based in the polarity of love. So this is how we come out of denial. We have to conquer fear. We have to make a conscious decision based in the will to turn our attention toward the root causal factors of the problem. Once we identify those causal factors, then we can act appropriately. Then we have the information to take appropriate action in the world. If we remain uninformed through our ignorance and specifically through denial that the problem exists exists to begin with, staying in that condition never sets you off on the journey for information to seek truth. This is the condition so many people are trapped in that it is unbelievable. At the end of Fed rally this past week, we were handing out information as we marched back and forth along Market Street in Philadelphia. And I saw a great dichotomy of people. There was a great divide. You would take a flyer and try to hand people information about what the Federal Reserve is as an institution, what it is doing right now, what it is do- and has been for over 100, uh, about 100 years, what it is doing to our country. 
how it is destroying your ability to basically live a life that doesn't resemble a feudal servitude, feudalism, okay? We're basically giving very basic single-page info sheets to people, you know, third of a page, half a page, and just asking them to just take a look here, some basic info about the Fed, and you could do more research on your own. That's all it was about. Nonpartisan, this isn't left or right. That's an illusion. This isn't Republican or Democrat. That's an illusion. All this was about is giving basic information to people that would hopefully encourage them to do some research on their own about a, a corrupt and immoral institution. Well, you saw a great division between people in how they would respond toward either taking or not taking this information. What you saw in people, or at least what I saw in people, I'll speak for myself when it comes to this. Perhaps uh, someone else can uh, you know, chime in on it who may have been there. When we look at who took it, who took the information, they seemed humble in many ways. When you looked in their eyes, there was no, there was no look on their face of a, a, you know, snideness. They didn't have a snide look. They, they didn't smirk at you. Okay, they looked at you, and their kind of attitude was, well, why would you be out? you know, doing this, you know, trying to give information to people. They, there was a curiosity there. That's the main word. They had curiosity. And then they would take the information from you in a humble way. In other words, it seemed like what they were acknowledging is that they didn't know what this was about. They didn't have a preconceived notion of what it was about. They simply saw us coming down the street, so, I don't know what this is about. So, somebody's handing me a flyer with some basic information on it. I'll take it, and I'll check it out, and I'll find out what it's about. And if I don't think it's about anything that is good for me to know about, I won't pursue it. And if I do, maybe I'll pursue it. But essentially, what I sensed was a, a general humbleness from the people who took the information. They didn't think they knew it all. They thought there was something that they could learn. Whether they felt that it was valuable or not remained to be seen, but they at least knew, I don't know what this is all about. And that's the beginning of all knowledge seeking, is the words, I don't know. I've said that many times on this show in the past. The beginning of all knowledge is basically admitting to yourself that you do not have knowledge, and that you want to set off in search of it, so that the most, three of the most powerful words you can ever speak is, I don't know. Because that sets you off in a journey for the truth. So this seemed to be a, a smaller percentage of people. You know, I would say maybe 10 to 20% of the people on the street. Now, for the great majority, it was the other way around. There was a disdain for information, a disdain for learning something new or knowledge. And that is always based in fear. The people who refused to even take a flyer from your hand to see what it was about seemed very snide, 
they seemed to ridicule what was taking place without any knowledge about it. They seemed to think they already knew what it was all about. And I, I will almost guarantee you, hardly any of them knew a thing about the Fed. Okay? So they seemed to think that this was either a completely conservative, right-wing Republican thing, or that it was a completely leftist, socialist, Democrat-leaning endeavor. These are people who are still trapped in the left-right paradigm. And they seemed to think they already had it all figured out and that there was nothing that could be brought to their attention that they didn't already know. I hear the music. That's another break coming up. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. We'll be back in a couple of moments. Did you ever wish that you could have done something while you still had the chance? What will you do if your income ends tomorrow? Or if you lose your home as many already have? Do you have enough money to survive through an economic depression? If you don't want to gamble with your future, then FreeToProsper.com can help you quickly end your debt problems, protect your property and possessions, and develop a personal strategy to get you through the hard times. Most importantly, you get to keep your money and not pay another cent to creditors. Our program is often superior to bankruptcy, consolidation, or settlement. Visit freetoprosper.com to find out more. This is your real chance to act ahead, so don't delay. Your future may depend on it. Call 718-615-0123 to learn more. That's 718-615-0123. Or visit freetoprosper.com today. In a world where corrupt oppressors and all oligarchs have seized control of the populations, total tyranny is amongst us. The burden of humanity rests on our shoulders. The only way out is to expose the global crime syndicate known as the New World Order. Together, we are all one. Together, we are Intel soldiers. The battle for free humanity ensues. Join us in the fight. The Intel Hub.com. Secure your future. Get your non-hybrid seed pack now. With the looming economic crisis, food shortages, and other toxic disasters, now is the time to be ready. Just click on the Heirloom Organics banner at the top of our Blog Talk radio page today. Secure your future and the future of your family in hard times. Heirloom Organic Seeds. Hi, this is Bob Tuscan. Tune into my show, Truth Be Told Radio, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. You are listening to the Intel Hub News Network. 
crushing the new world order piece by piece. All right, we're back here on What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Call the number for tonight, 646-727-3387. We were were discussing the end of Fed rally, and uh, I was illustrating the denial factor and how this is based in fear. We're talking about the denial, hassle, ridicule factor. These are methods that people basically police themselves and keep themselves in the mental prisons that they are conditioned into. Um, was talking about the people who would not take a flyer from our hands, even to look at the information at all. So... They had this general quality, the people that refused to look. They had, again, a snide look on their face as if they already understood what they were seeing, when I can almost guarantee you, if you asked any of them about the Federal Reserve, they couldn't tell you one detail about it. They certainly aren't aware that it's basically the cause of the economic crisis that's taking place now. They couldn't tell you that it's devaluing the worth of their money so that they have to work more to pay for less. And if you asked any of them, if you like to pay more, pay more money for the same thing year after year, you, have to, you basically are doing the same amount of work, but your money's worth less. So you have to spend more of it to get the same things. Every person would say, no, I hate that. I want as much money as I can get. Yet you don't want to understand the causal factor of what's doing that. And again, this is even in the fake system of money. <coughs> as I said in my speech at this rally, there's no such thing as money. It's all an illusion. They're nowhere near that understanding. (coughs) Excuse me. Take a drink of water there. So, they, it, it was as if the people who wouldn't take it were in such denial that there was anything that they could possibly come to know that wasn't already in their repertoire of knowledge. They know everything there is to know that could possibly be of any influence in their life or could possibly affect their life for the positive or the negative, that it isn't necessary for me to take information. The other thing that I sensed is that they feel anybody who is saying that they don't like something or protesting against practices that are taking place, that that's some form of invalid, it's invalid, you know, that's some form of uh, invalid behavior, that, that you're never to do that. 
the idea that you can never be against something. And this this comes through the consciousness through this is expressed in people's consciousness through the new age movement is big with this. Okay? The new age movement in its negative aspect, again we talked about this before on the show as controlled opposition. There are some good things in in the philosophies, some of the philosophies of aspects of the New Age movement, but largely it's there to stop people from becoming active. That's what the greatest bulk of New Agers are all about. They think they're going to meditate their way to peace on earth, and I got news for you, it's not going to happen that way. You're not going to read your way to freedom either if you're not going to take action in the world. You're not going to read your... It doesn't matter how much knowledge you have. That's the, only the beginning of the process. You have to convert knowledge into true wisdom, which is then taking the proper moral action in the world with the knowledge that you have. And I'll repeat that endlessly on this show. It's all about action, ultimately, because it's all about courage. It's all about conquering your fear. And these people have been conditioned by the media and by religion and by the New Age movement that if you don't like something, you don't, you don't ever stand against a practice or an institution. You try to be for something else. Well, I wholesalely reject this, okay? This is not what the law of attraction is. The people who advocate the law of attraction say that that is the law of attraction Nonsense. Absolute BS. You can be against something and be completely morally in the right and doing the right thing in the world. That does not enter into the law of attraction. Okay? Yeah, you should be talking about let's do this as opposed to this, combine that with it, but not shining the light on the darkness is not going to get you very far. Refusing to shine light on the darkness and the, the immoral practices that are taking place in our world is denial. It's denial. And so many people are trapped in this state of consciousness. And again, politics, the New Age movement, religion, these are all things that are pushing people toward that state of inactivity, of right-brained imbalance. Too much of the passive modality and not enough active or sacred masculine modality of consciousness, which is right action in the world. I actually said to one young woman at, that I was passing by on the street when I tried to hand her a flyer, and she just what, what, would not even practically look at me. I said, are you afraid of information? Because that's all this is. Take, take of it and make of it what you will. No, no one's telling you to believe anything or asking you to look into something. And she said, yeah, I'm afraid of, of new information. I already, you know, I, I don't want anything, anything new brought to my attention. But admitted that, actually said that. And my response simply was, that's why you will be going deeper into enslavement. People who think like that, that think there's nothing new I can learn, I don't need to look at anything else, 
and most of all, are in fear of looking at anything else, are causing their own enslavement by that modality of consciousness. That combined with not taking action in the world, and you can't really take action unless you inform yourself properly, or you can, but you're going to basically be, you know, getting completely chaotic results, which is why we have the chaos that we do in our world, because most people are uninformed. But admitting, absolutely outrightly admitting, I'm in fear of new information. Doesn't want to look at anything. What willingly wants to remain ignorant. Running headlong into her own enslavement. Truly unbelievable. All right, this is the last break. We'll be back right after this. Did you ever wish that you could have done something while you still had the chance? What will you do if your income ends tomorrow? Or if you lose your home as many already have? Do you have enough money to survive through an economic depression? If you don't want to gamble with your future, then FreeToProsper.com can help you quickly end your debt problems, protect your property and possessions, and develop a personal strategy to get you through the hard times. Most importantly, you get to keep your money and not pay another cent to creditors. Our program is often superior to bankruptcy, consolidation, or settlement. Visit FreeToProsper.com to find out more. This is your real chance to act ahead, so don't delay. Your future may depend on it. Call 718-615-0123 to learn more. That's 718-615-0123. Or visit FreeToProsper.com today. In a world where corrupt oppressors and all oligarchs have seized control of the populations, total tyranny is amongst us. The burden of humanity rests on our shoulders. The only way out is to expose the global crime syndicate known as the New World Order. Together, we are all one. Together, we are Intel soldiers. The battle for free humanity ensues. Join us in the fight. The Intel Hub.com. Secure your future. Get your non-hybrid seed pack now. With the looming economic crisis, food shortages, and other toxic disasters, now is the time to be ready. Just click on the Heirloom Organics banner at the top of our Blog Talk radio page today. Secure your future and the future of your family in hard times. Heirloom Organic Seeds.
Hi, this is Bob Tuscan. Tune into my show, Truth Be Told Radio, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. You are listening to the Intel Hub News Network, crushing the New World Order piece by piece. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. That was our last break for this uh, installment of What on Earth is Happening. So we have another about 25 minutes and uh, going to be going to calls in a moment. Uh, we were talking about the denial, hassle, ridicule factor, specifically denial and the uh, willing refusal to um, progress toward truth by seeking knowledge and, to con- and, and confronting information just basically taking information into oneself, how many people outrightly refuse to do that in fear of what they may find. We were talking about the end of Fed rally, how certain people took the information we had to present to them with a humble attitude, knowing that they did not know, with a little bit of human curiosity, if you could imagine that, um, and took it and thanked us and said, yes, I'll look into this. And that's wonderful, and I think there needs to be a lot more of that. I, I, I do believe that they were in the minority, but we gave out a lot of information. I mean, a lot of people did take this. Uh, you know, as a ratio, uh, they were definitely the minority. More people refused the info and scoffed at the people who were on the march because they feel that this is some form of invalid behavior, you know, that you cannot... You cannot protest against things that you don't like that are going on in your world. Uh, That's off limits. How dare you? How dare you not sit back and be a good little slave and go along with the program of your masters? How dare you? This is how we police each other. When, When people like that were attempted to be given information, they had this snide, almost cocky look on their face as if, you're you're trying to give me information like I don't already know what's going on in the world and you somehow uh, are aware of something I'm not? Yeah, as if they knew everything. They knew everything there is to know and there's nothing that could possibly be brought to their attention that could possibly affect their lives. The denial factor, totally based in fear. Let's go to uh, our first caller from New Jersey. You're on what on earth is happening? What do you have for us? Hey, Mark. It's Chris. How are you doing? Chris, how are you? Always a pleasure to hear from you. Mark, first of all, I want to congratulate you on that speech on at the end of the Fed rally. Um, that was terrific. I love the way you tied in the imagination theme to the end of the Fed rally. Um, if we can't imagine Ooh. a world without the Fed, um, we can't create the world without the Fed. So that was that was very good. Um, I also That's right. I'll be... I'll be- I'll I'll be posting that to my website uh, later this week, probably in the next day or two. I'll put the video up there. It's on YouTube. If you search uh, Mark Passio and the Fed Rally Philly, uh, that that should come up on YouTube. But I'll post a uh, link to it on my website in my news section this week, probably with a transcript of the actual speech. So thanks, Chris. Yeah, I won't take much more time, but I do want to say that um, Einstein said that um, condemnation without investigation is the height of ignorance. And that's, yes. you know, that's a very true statement. And um, 
when, when you're trying to have people in their consciousness, you have to get used to, as in my experience, you have to get used to denial and rejection. Um, and maybe maybe over time they'll come around. Because I, I was in the end of the rally, and I experienced the same thing you did in terms of, um, you know, rejection and um, chosen ignorance as far as I'm concerned. Right. Yeah, you saw and, that a lot. I mean, yeah. pe- people who are refusing the information seem very much, at least in my perception, to be trapped in this false political paradigm, this false left-right paradigm. You heard people either saying, oh, these are right-wingers, or, oh, you know, uh, yeah, th- these are, uh, you know, left-wing socialist types that want to, uh, you know, yeah. do away with, uh, you know, our, our economic system. And yeah, I give you a lot of credit, Mark. I watched stereotypes, unfortunately. Go ahead, Chris. No, I give you a lot of credit. I watched you handing out those flyers for a long time. I, you know, you, you did a great job on that. Um, I, I, it was a, it, there weren't a lot of people there, I guess, overall within the federal. But the people who were there were very principled and courageous, and trying to help other people, whether they wanted to be helped or not, and, and but not forcibly helping them, just offering a hand and saying, "Here's some information, and you know, maybe if you're interested, go look into it." And the last thing I'll say, because right. I know there's probably other callers, is um, the fight the, the fight of waking people up, and that's basically what we were doing with the end of the Fed, and just in a, in a focused way, is, is I think it's portrayed really well in the, in the movie They Live, where the, the fight scene was indicative of, of how people will, will hold on through fear, I guess, to their ignorance. That's right. The, the philosopher uh, Deleuze once said that he asked the question, why do people fight as uh, stubbornly for their enslavement as they do for their salvation, as they should for their salvation, you know? And it's incredibly true, you know? We're fighting more for our enslavement than we are for anything else, for our freedom, for our, uh, you know, uh, uh, understanding to greater levels of, uh, coming to an understanding of greater levels of, of knowledge, People don't seem to want those things. They seem to want the big daddy state, the nanny state. They seem to want to remain ignorant. And, you know, Thomas Jefferson re- replied to that. He said, if a nation expects to remain ignorant in, in a state of civilization, it expects what uh, never was and what never will be. Yeah, ignorance great quote. and freedom do not go hand in hand. They are diametrically opposed to each other. I, I, I'm going to go, but one, one last thing. I, I think a lot of it's due to yes. fear. They're choosing fear over love. And the other thing is David Icke said that the biggest thing, that, the biggest obstacle holding us, holding most people in lower consciousness is worrying about what other people think. So I'll let you go, Mark. That's Thanks right. so much. Great show. You got it. We're going to get to that factor in a moment. I'll try to basically get through the uh, – hassle and ridicule factors in the remainder of the show. So we talked about denial and cognitive dissonance. Let's look at, you know, cognitive dissonance is basically lying to yourself and, you know, holding two contradictory things in your mind simultaneously. George Orwell called this double think, you know, you could believe that black is black and that black is also white. Okay. Um, People who believe that, you know, 9-11 9-11 was done by 19 Muslim hijackers when, in fact, they can see the buildings falling at free fall speed, understanding that Muslim hijackers couldn't possibly have put uh, demolition charges in buildings that came down at the speed of gravity, are in double think. They're in cognitive dissonance. Their senses are telling them one thing, 
but their mind is telling them, since that's impossible, you must accept the alternative to that, which is the official government fairy tale. And they do that willingly, like trained sheep. You know, they, they just go right along with that programming because the alternative is too horrible to contemplate for them. Fear, you know. Again, I've, I've heard people say, I don't care if the government came out openly claimed that they killed all of those people deliberately. I would still choose not to believe in it. Imagine that. If people openly admitted that this is what we did, that they said, said if proof came out and the people who were – who did it would actually acknowledge that they had done it, they would still choose to believe that it was done the way the official story said because they want to live in that world rather than the one that that would actually be uh, have that um, horrible scenario of you know insiders and different agencies within the government having done this to their own people. I mean, that's as sick as you can get psychologically as far as I'm concerned. That's willful denial of truth. And for somebody to say they're willing to enter that condition, that's a sick, sick, sick human being. You know? That's like saying, I'm so afraid that 2 plus 2 equals 4 that I will choose to believe that it equals 5 and, be, and live my life accordingly rather than face the, the actual truth that it does in fact equal 4. That's how crazy that is. That's totally right-brained imbalance because of fear. As Chris mentioned, uh, I, I'd like to also say, he mentioned David Icke. I'd like to also say another great thing David Icke brought up is we have to begin our journey and investigation into the truth with a blank sheet of paper. If we bring our preconceived notions to it, the information that we encounter is all going to be colored by that preconceived notion, and we're going to try to squeeze it into a little box. We bring preconceived religious notions to it. Everything that we fine in our pursuit of truth has to be squeezed into that box of religion. If we bring our scientific preconceived notions to it, everything that we find in pursuit of truth, no matter how much it goes against that preconceived notion, has to be squeezed into that box. Because that's all, all of these conditioning factors when it comes to religion or politics or the New Age movement or science or any other form of mind control. That's all they are. They're boxes for consciousness. That's it. It's saying anything that's within this box is valid and anything that's outside of it is off limits for human consumption and consideration. And that's simply not true. The truth cannot is too big to be confined to any system or any box for consciousness. It, it exists outside that box. As a matter of fact, the truth contains that box, everything inside it and everything outside of it. And it can never be squeezed down into a nice neat little package. It doesn't work that way. But try telling that to somebody who's in this state of cognitive dissonance. The other factor that Chris brought up was that we basically uh, are afraid of what other people think of us. That's why we won't look at certain things. This is the ridicule factor. I would rather stay silent than actual, actually start to bring up things that make people a little bit uncomfortable because it challenges their preconceived conditioned notions of reality. And I would rather not take any action, not raise my voice, not say what I feel to be true, because I'm more in fear of what other people may think of me for doing that. Now imagine how much of a low state of fear-based consciousness you need to be in to think that way. That's also always based in fear. That's it. 
You have to be in fear of another person's opinion, another person's opinion of you. We need to get outside of that barrier to truth. We need to break down that wall that we're erecting on our own. No one else is building that wall but us. How many people are actually talking about this stuff to other people? And, you know, I would critically say not enough, okay? Because if they were, more people would be aware and start to look into this on their own. There are many people out there that could be inspired to search for the truth on their own terms if only more people in their lives would start to bring information of this sort to them by speaking it. I've often said, and I put this in almost every one of my mailings that I send out on my mailing list to people, the truth is spoken into existence. If we are in fear of what other people are going to think about us, we're going to make that stop us from speaking our truth into the world. And therefore, we're also basically helping to build the prison that we're going to have to live in as a result. We need to use our courage to break down that divide, to break down that barrier to speaking the truth. The reason that the dominators, the occultists of the world, are so successful in what they are doing, the dark occultists, are so successful in what they are doing and the manipulation tactics that they enact, that they um, control the world through. The reason that they're so successful is because they never stop speaking their view of reality into the world. They have a device that does it 24 hours a day. It's called tell-a-vision. And they're constantly telling you their vision of reality and putting that vision into your mind, getting you to live in their fantasy world, in their dream, enact their dream and make their reality come true. They're telling you a vision. That's why it's called television. That's green language. That's alchemical green language. Most people never see that, never think of it in that term, even though they hear it constantly. They're always using their voice. They're not divided. I've said this before. People hate when I bring this up and talk about it. They don't want to hear this, but I'll keep saying it. The reason they're successful and we're not is because they're united and we're not, largely. There are some of us who are, but nowhere near enough of us are on the same page and doing the same work. And so many of these manipulators are on the same page and doing the same work. They're acting as one overarching mastermind. And because they think, feel, and act in unison, they're getting their desires manifested. Because we are in opposition consciousness and we are not thinking, feeling, and acting in unison, we're not getting what we want. We're not receiving the manifestation of our desires. We need to change more people's minds and hearts through courage and inspiration and knowledge such that they start to speak the reality that they want to create into existence. And you can't do that until you put your voice out there, and you can't put your voice out there unless you know enough and have enough courage to not care what anybody else thinks about what you're going to put out there. You have to do it because you know it's the right thing to do. 
and that's why I respect David Icke so much, as Chris mentioned him. Uh, I respect him. He's one of the first people I dedicate my presentation series to because no matter what anybody thought of what that man was saying, he kept saying it because he felt it to be true and right, and he always said, if you don't feel it to be true and right, you leave what you don't feel is right, and you take what you will and do with it what you will. He knows that information needs to be shared widely and freely and put out there with no fear. And that's why I have a tremendous amount of respect for his courage. And that's why he's an inspiration to me for what I do. And more, we need more people in the world like that. This all, everything about this method of manipulation all has to do with fear. Each one of these things, denial is psychological fear. The ridicule factor, okay, is fear of speaking your truth. And then the hassle factor is fear of taking right action in the world that you know you should be taking. Once you have a certain level of awareness, this is where a lot of people who do know the truth are trapped. See? This is the hardest one to overcome, the hassle factor. When you know something is wrong in the world and you want to start doing what is right, but the dominators, the people who actually live evil into existence, who are actually taking all the actions of evil so that they're bringing a more chaotic world into existence, whether they're doing this knowingly, which some of them are, of smaller percentage, or whether they're doing this because they're in oppositional consciousness and they're under mind control, they're trying to stop people from actually doing the right things in life and saying, you can't do this, you can't speak, you can't take this action that you have every right to take. And people sit back, see that, see that they're willing to enact violence upon people for doing certain things that they have every right to do. And people back off because they say, I'm unwilling to deal with that hassle. I want to be in the hassle-free zone. I don't want to have any dealings with the police. I don't want to have any dealings with the government. I don't want to have any dealings with quote-unquote authority figures. All based in fear. People who won't come out to a rally. I, I know so many people personally that won't come out to, to an end-the-fed rally because they're so afraid of what that might mean. They might be on some list for, for their, their activities or what they're, you know, promoting. This is, this is, there are special places in hell reserved for people with that kind of fear because they know what's going on. They know. They know. And yet they still choose not to act because of their fear. And guess what? That's the last place I'd ever want to be. That's the last mode of consciousness I would ever want to dwell in. Because that means you have completely abdicated your personal responsibility in a state of awareness of it. All I have to say is woe to people like that. You don't even understand what you're bringing down upon the higher self, your higher self. Or if you want to use the term your soul. And I'll openly say that to somebody. I don't care who they are. If you know and you're not acting, worst place you could possibly ever want to be in or stay in. And it's because you've taken the step and conquered the fear of knowing, you know, 
okay, and you said, I want to know. I want. I, I no longer am in the fear that keeps me trapped in ignorance. But then you've chosen a new level of fear, a new barrier that's based in fear, and that's non-action. And like I said, I think that abdicates even more responsibility than simply remaining in ignorance willfully. Staying in the, ha- in the non-hassle zone, the hassle-free zone, is actually a greater abdication of responsibility than remaining in denial. See, the people want to remain in denial who want to remain in denial. They want to remain there because they can say, they can cop out and say, well, I didn't really know. I never really looked into that for myself. So I, I, don't, I didn't need to take any action on it because I never really understood so it's all also based in a denial of personal responsibility, in an abdication of personal responsibility. You know, the ridicule factor, it's also based in that. I don't even want to start speaking because of my fear of what someone else may think. And in, in saying back from that, they're, they're copping out again. They're giving away their personal responsibility by saying, hey, if I speak this, what I feel is true, what I know, may even know to be true, I may be ridiculed by somebody else who doesn't have the same information, and they're going to say, oh, you're some kind of a crazy conspiracy theorist or whatever. Okay? So that's another level of fear that we encounter. So it's the fear of knowing, then the fear of speaking, and finally the hassle zone, the fear of acting. All horrible modes of consciousness to be trapped in and to stay trapped in. But I would say the worst is the hassle-free zone because those people who remain in there, they know deeply what's going on and they know what needs to be done about it. They know the right action to take and they're willfully refusing to act based upon what they know. And what that is, that's not only an abdication of personal responsibility, that is a pure shunning of wisdom, which is the goddess principle, the sacred feminine. That is basically the destruction of the goddess herself. And again, this is symbolism. This is the divine feminine aspect of the self. I'm not talking about an actual being Okay, you are cremating ultimately the sacred feminine component of your own self because by putting down the male element of action, okay, you are killing your conscience because conscience is the knowing of what is right, and that is what compels you to act in a moral way in the world. So this is part of what is ritualistically enacted in the cremation of care ceremony at Bohemian each year in the California Redwoods. It's killing care, which is killing the sacred feminine aspect of consciousness, which ultimately results in not taking proper moral action in the world. This ultimately sums it all up. This is what the denial, hassle, ridicule factor is all about. It is, the denial factor is staying in psychological denial, psychological state of of refusal to accept truth, even though you can basically see it, even at a conscious level. 
the, the hassle factor, the, the ridicule factor is all about not speaking your truth into the world for fear of what other people may think of you. And then the hassle factor is all about not taking proper moral action in the world that you know to be the right thing to do. That's all we have time for tonight, folks. I'm Mark Massey. You've been listening to What on Earth is Happening. See you right here next